Hey guys, Cannon and Dan here from My Fence Life. I just want to say thank you for listening to our show. And we'd like to invite you to our Facebook page this evening to watch a live show. Go to MyFenceLife.com, hit the link for the uh, Facebook page, it'll take you right there. Hope to see you then. Welcome to My Fence Life's bonus podcast series, Ask Me About My Day. Dan and Cannon share their phone conversations with each other and conversations with industry leaders and fencers to find out about their day. There's no telling what you'll hear them talking about. This edition of Ask Me About My Day is powered by My Salesman. Woo! The most effective lead qualifying tool on the market saves you precious time and money by pre-qualifying your leads. No, before you go. Hello. Hey, man. What's going on? Hey, man. Just living life, brother. Living life. What is up, man? Right, dude. We, uh, last time we talked... You would start to give me the skinny on uh, on some uh, Josh Glover and buying a excavator deal, and oh, we had to cut yeah. the call off. Remember? Yeah, and I was and I was I like, you into it. Yeah, I was like, I'll give you a call back. Well, I know it's I'll been a, it's a day later, but here we are. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it. What's going on? So, Josh tells you, look, man. Yeah, if you compare let's, let's the, catch everybody up. Yeah, yeah. If you com, if you compare what the lease is going to cost you, what mm-hmm. maybe six hundred bucks a month, and then you take your roll off dumpsters in your yard, yeah. And if you use that excavator to smash it down when you think it's full, that's all, if that's all you do with it is mash your dumpsters down, right? You could probably pay for half of that note on the dumpsters. If not all of it. If yeah, not all. Of it. I don't know. I've not I've not tested that theory, uh, Dan, but. So then you, said, you, uh, then you said, but it's, it's a whole lot. Well, wait, then you said it's a whole lot more deeper than that. Well, all right, so let me ask you this. First of all, do you have Verlops, the triplets? No, I do not. What do y'all do with the trash? How do y'all handle, handle that? We literally have it dumped like two blocks away. So y'all throw it on trailers and haul it over yourself? You yeah, yeah. So, um, well, actually, we've got it figured out to where we can have a dumpster delivered and fill it, and the customer pays for it. So we actually save money. Once we get to a certain footage, uh-huh. it's more cost effective to have a dumpster delivered. So like we got two dumpsters being delivered uh next week. Now they're not the big huge dumpsters, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they're like, I don't know what they are. Fifty yard, I don't know. I, I yeah. don't know. Anyway. But they're they're good enough to where anything over about 170 175 feet it's just cheaper for us or more cost effective for us to have a dumpster delivered to the site the guys load it and then they don't have to haul the stuff back we don't have to take it to the dump you know all that good stuff hmm. but we got a pretty good system man i got that big trailer i bought that sits in the yard we call it the teardown trailer mm-hmm. so the guys when we do do tear down and we don't have a dumpster, they know to stack it on their trailer nice and neat. When they get to the yard, they grab it with the forklift, go over to the other trailer, boom, drop it on there. So we've got two, four, we got six, six buys going across it. So um, nice. that, that gives you three places down each side that you can stack tear down because right. the trail is like 20 foot. So that's, that's how we do it. Then we make, you know, my salesman, they'll be like, hey, Wednesday morning, you're going to the dump. You know, he'll run it over there, and they just take an excavator and scrape it off, and we're right. in and out, you know? Okay, so, 
All right, so we we do have that roll up here, and we we also will hit the landfill up if if it's a teardown and it's doable. You know what I mean? We'll we'll take it straight to the to the landfill. But it's amazing how many small teardowns and stuff like that that it just doesn't make sense to go to the landfill because it's not en route to anywhere. You know, and it's not so, cost effective. No, not at all, man. Yeah, I'd much rather them come back here and go build another fence rather than paying a crew to be at the landfill, you know, so or, like, or even here, but the, we'll deal with the yeah. Trash. But the other thing too is, is, Hey guys, um, you can load up your material, go to the next job instead of coming back to the shop, unloading or going to the dump. You can already have material on and use that time to go to another job. Yep. Yep. So, um, what, all right. So the whole X, let's go back to the excavator. That's what this is about is, if you take that machine and the only thing that you're you're doing with it is loading and smashing down trash inside of a roll off, you for me it costs three hundred dollars plus to take a roll off to the landfill. Okay, if I can if I can eliminate one of those a month because I'm more efficient and I'm, my trash is more compacted, I'm now in the positive three hundred to three hundred fifty dollars each month. Okay. Just by getting by saving one of those runs, and I promise you, I can. Not only that, not only that. When the dumpster does fill up, I'm speaking real stuff, man. Like sometimes there's two by fours hanging out every which way. Well, they can't haul that, all right. And right now, the only way that we can we can, if it ever gets in that shape, and they're like, hey, we can't haul this in the condition that it's in, I've got to send a guy out there to to, to climb up the top of that dumpster and redo it. And he has a forklift available to him. But now I'm paying this guy to go out there, and, and it's borderline not safe either sometimes because there's just stuff everywhere. And what if we had a machine that we could drive over there, we could simply reach up with this ginormous freaking King Kong claw and just boom, <laughs> boom, mash it down in there? Well, not only that, if you got something hanging over, you could just grab it and move it and twist it and break it off because you know we've had that happen where the guys fill it at, at the job site and they got to go around with a skill saw and they're cutting pieces off so the guy can haul it and put his little uh, thing over it so the trash doesn't right. blow out you know so what's so deep about that well here here this is what i was wanting to say is like in your business you've got you've got expenses and it's your job as a uh, you know, fiscal business owner, responsible business owner to manage those expenses, right? Going out and, and, and leasing or buying a brand new excavator to have is a, another expense, right? Right. But, but we've already got the expense of trash. We've already got the expense of dumpster. So now... You have to ask yourself: Is it just another? Is it another expense, or is it partially another expense, or is it possible that we can we can transfer expenses from this allocation from this bucket into this bucket? So now, just imagine a world where hey, we just saved six hundred dollars a month on dump fees. I don't know if that's possible, but I think it might be. And we took that six hundred dollars and we put it over here on this excavator to have it. Now we have a whole other tool that's available to us as well that we can do other stuff with to make more revenue, right? right? That's when it gets deep. It's not like, well, look at this guy spending all this money. He's making all this money. He's, he's got all this stuff. Well, 
on the surface, that's kind of small-minded thinking, I think. But it's like when you really break it down, what did he give up in order to go and do this? Well, he gave up paying this dumpster service, all this, and now he's paying it to this equipment lease company, so he now has this, you know? Yeah. That's how it works. And we're also doing that. This is what I wanted to tell you. This is where I get excited, bro. <laughs> so <laughs> we have um, – the other day I was at AFAU and we went around the room and we did a, uh, everybody said, Hey, this is how many people I have at our company. Out of those people, this is how many don't work out in the field. So, all right. So this is the, how many people are indirect labor. We, we call it, you got direct labor. They build fence. Anybody else at the shop, the office, the sales, indirect labor. Right. So we're going through this list and I was like, man, I have, uh, a higher ratio of indirect labor than, than like anybody in here, you know, anybody in here. And how do you turn that indirect labor into a win or into a revenue uh, stream into a cost of goods? So let's start with BJ, our gate guy, right? He's an indirect labor because he's our shop guy. We're now throwing him, we're kind of splitting him up on the Thursday, Friday thing. And we're throwing him into that direct labor, that cost of goods labor by having him go out and produce his own revenue to help offset his indirect labor expenses. You see that? Yeah. Like, yeah. On Thursday, Friday, he's doing gate service, which is also helping to offset his three days of indirect labor. That's first thing. Second thing is this. we got a guy here named Mitch. He is our shop foreman, okay? He's also the mechanic here. We have our own freaking mechanic, and that sounds badass. I know. You can't help but think... Thank you, D&D Technologies, for that. But that sounds badass that we have our own mechanic. But we need, dude. So, so, so wait a second. Is Mitch, is Mitch that older fella? He's 60 years old, yep. Okay, so you made him your shop foreman. Yeah, he's in charge of all of it. Yep. Okay, okay. I didn't realize so, that. I knew you yeah. had that older guy that was like, man, he just comes over here and fixes everything. That's Mitch. That's the same guy. Okay, all right, cool. I'm, I'm bad with names, so I'm, right, I'm just yep. catching so, up. So, We've got a couple of forklifts. We got we don't even know how many little. We got six or seven little beavers. They always are something to be done. Um, trucks, you know, nine, ten, eleven. I don't know. We got a lot of vehicles. We got trailers. We got um, generators. We got chainsaws. I mean, you, if you start counting all the little freaking engines and parts and stuff like that, there's a ton of those things, dude. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So you you go out and you hire a mechanic, right? This is where it starts getting deep, Dan. Well, damn, that's another expense. What, what does a mechanic cost you a year to have? You know, that's another expense. My question to you is this, is what does it save you? Yeah. <laughs> what does it save you? So, so now, if we're doing our own oil changing here, how much more cost-effective is it to do your own oil change versus carrying it somewhere? I don't think it's that much of a difference, you know? Where we win at is we're completely in charge of when it happens, how soon it happens, and it can happen after shift. It can happen before shift. It can happen on days where mechanics aren't open, right? It can happen in all these different spaces. Um, well, yeah. I mean, you drive, you drive your little beaver off to get fixed, and I come back in a week. If oh, you're lucky. Maybe longer, longer than that, yeah, you know? If you're lucky. And not only that, who, who, let me ask you this, who keeps up with all that stuff? So you've got all these little beavers with these serial numbers and you send this stuff off. 
who's keeping up with all these records? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not going to do it. I've got, I've got all kind of records to keep up with, you know? So now we got a person to do that for us. He, he has his own little binder, his own little notebook. He knows all these different serial numbers and uh, everything he's done to these things since he's been here. He's, he's logged in all this information. And, and, and so what's happening is this, our, is our equipment is getting better service. Like it's being serviced regularly now. It's not just when it's broken. It's we're kind of ahead of the curve now. So we're we're, we're doing PMs on stuff that has never been PM'd. You know. Um, also, when something does malfunction, when something does tear up, he's the first on scene to tear it up and, and find out what is going on. You know, um, is it a part? Is it a piece? And 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 you know, how soon do we get it? Where do we get it from? Now we got a person who can do all that homework and find this for me. Now I'm not depending on the on the foreman of the crew to try to find a a throttle cable. You know, I need that guy building fence. I'm not depending on my shop, my gate guy to find the throttle cable. I'm not depending on Brandon or myself or anybody else to go find this stuff. I've got somebody that's dedicated to doing this for us, you know. So when you start breaking it down, um, and it's really the, the, the where you really start winning is the, 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 the brakes, changing brakes. Brakes are expensive. If you go to a shop and get brakes put on, that's expensive. If you get brakes and rotors put on, it's super expensive. Bro, tell you me. You do it in-house, <laughs> it's half the price, bro. It's half the price. It happens faster. You're not waiting. I have dropped vehicles off before and gotten so irritated because I'll drop it off. And the next day I drive by and the vehicle hasn't moved. I'm like, damn, we could have still been using that vehicle today. And it's sat there. And then the yeah. next day, I mean, tell me I'm not the only one that's had a vehicle sit idle at a, at, a, at a mechanic shop for three days in a row. And why? It's because they're too busy to get to it. You know? Well, you know, by having that mechanic, too, and doing that preventive maintenance, yeah, that guy's costing you money. But he's also causing your equipment to last longer. Mm. Right? So that little beaver, that truck, that whatever is going to be on the road or on the project making you money for longer than it would have if you weren't doing all that. So there's a lot of checks and balances in, in there that you got to look at and be like, hey, you know, if I do this and this, it's going to it's gonna do – pay now or pay later. So my question is this. Are we saving money by having him here? I don't know the answer to that question, Dan. I would say it's pretty freaking close. I, I would say it's pretty freaking – either way, from a financial standpoint, it's it's similar. I think over the long term, I think we win because now now our equipment has been serviced regularly. Our oil and our small engines have has been changed, you know, bi-monthly, you know, even not – not every six months. Even know? if you break even, think about this. Even if That's you right. break even, go ahead, brother. Your crews are staying on schedule. So what does that that's do? A, what does that that's do? That's a win. So now right. we're ahead. Yeah, that's yeah. a win. So you know, and then what does that do for your customers and their referrals? Hey, they show up when they say they're going to show up. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man. I mean, can even, I tell you one more? What's that? Now we have a whole additional person here, okay? We have a whole another freaking person here with a driver's license who, if we need to get somewhere, we need to take a piece somewhere, or if we just need a hand on the fence line to get something done, or if we have a special project where BJ's tied up in a gate and he needs somebody to go out and hold something for him, I've got a person to do that. I don't have to go to the crew to break that up. I don't have to go do it. I don't, you know, we can keep moving forward. So now we have a whole additional person, and when you... That's when it gets deep. When when you when you factor all of that in, there's not a doubt in my mind that it makes more sense to have your own person doing this in house than it does to rely on an outside source to do this. Now, 
you you have to have a certain amount of equipment, I would think, before it makes sense. One, two, and you have to like anything, you gotta have the right guy. You can't have somebody that's coming in and sucking up your clock and, and, and just there. You know what I mean? You gotta have somebody who's a go getter, who wants to do better, who wants to make sure that your company is strong and all your equipment is lasting as long as possible. And we found that, dude. We found that in Mitch. And I am forever, forever grateful that he is on our team. So um, that's where it gets really deep. That, and I, I just wanted to. You know, throw that out there. I'm so freaking fired up about that. Yeah, I mean that's, yeah. And, and and then the other thing is, is when these knuckleheads forget something, then you got a hot shot driver. Hey, correct. Shit, run this out to the guys. BJ's staying on what he's supposed to be staying on. Yep. You know, um, you got extra beavers, so that beaver doesn't need to be fixed this morning. It can be fixed this afternoon. Run this out there. Run this to them. The guys forgot this, or their little beaver broke. Grab this one that's already sitting here, ready to go, and run it out to them. Yeah, so that guy can be very, very valuable. Yeah, we had beavers, man, that hadn't run in a year, and he was getting these things back up and going, dude. And I'm just, I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm just freaking fired up about it. And so now we've got, we've got BJ, who's our gate guy. We talked about him. He's, he's fabricating gates Monday through Wednesday. Or is your Friday? He's he's gate automation. His his job right now is to build that division. We've got Mitch, our shop foreman. He's really the mechanic. That's his main baby, you know. But he's also way more. I mean, he's 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 he does he does just as much around the shop and the yard as he does mechanic. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. And then we got Scotty. Scotty is our yard guy. We call Scotty the yard guy. And so you know, if you really break it down, we've got one shop guy. I would say. But we actually have three. BJ's paying for himself Thursday and Friday. Mitch is paying for himself by being our mechanic and keeping us rolling. Scotty is the one true indirect expense, you know. Uh-huh. But even Scotty, we can put him out, out on the fence line if we have to, and we do, you know. Yeah. So, a lot of fun. Well, man, sounds like you're utilizing your guys and you put a lot of thought into it and didn't just hire somebody because you thought you needed somebody. You actually sat down and said, what's the pros and cons? Am I, is this going to make me better in the long run? And I think exactly. I think that's how we got to look at it when it comes to hiring. But then it's to find the right guy. Right. right. That's where it comes in tough. Like my guy who uh, said, I think my fencing career is over, you know? <laughs> mm. So, um, yeah. Good. Anyway, well, look, man, thanks for catching me up on that. That was good stuff. <laughs> Uh, so are you going to go out and get an excavator then? Is that what's uh, next? I've been wanting to get one, but Dylan's been bucking me on it. Why? Um, I want to get one for a couple reasons. One. Why is he bucking you on it? Well, he just has a different opinion on what we need to get. That's what he said, Dylan. That's why I'm the boss. <laughs> <laughs> so I like the fact that an excavator, if we get a smaller excavator, that we can get in the backyards. Oh, yeah. And get underneath the facing soffit of the house without having to worry about hitting that. We can go in on these houses and tear down these fences and rip the posts and concrete out the ground. Mm. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it's so freaking wet down here in uh, southeast Louisiana that with the excavator, you just ride along the line and it turns on a turntable so the tracks aren't moving and spinning and you can turn, reach out, grab, right? right? right. So imagine if you tore down one line. Yep. 
I'm okay. with you, bro. You got to the back line. You took out the first eight-foot section. And then you went ahead and switched your, your bucket to an auger and reached out. Augered your holes. You only got a turn in the corners. That's it. Right. So you stay on that one side of the house and you move all the way down it and tear the fence down. And then you um, you have your auger bit. You swing around, take your bucket off, grab your auger bit, swing around, boom, boom, boom. Sure. Pop your holes and follow the same track. Yeah. Then what do you do? You get to the end and you very easily move in the right position and do the same thing down that line. Yeah. Because, you know, the North Shore where we're at, when it comes to fencing, has been around uh, 30 years. Well, maybe 40 years they've had fencing. There's only so many fences you're going to be able to tear down by cutting the post off. Sure. You're going to run out of room on a fence line. That's a problem for the kids, my kids. <laughs> <laughs> but you see where I'm coming? But we're, yeah, we're running into that because we have storms. So, yeah. I mean, I've done three or four fences for people. Sure. And now we've got four foot of concrete down, down the line. You can't jump in no more. Everywhere you jump, there's concrete. Exactly. There's going to be a point to where we're going to have to start ripping those babies out. So how do we do that? And I'm thinking, you know, a mini excavator. So anyway, bro. Hey, it was good talking to you. Thanks for the the info. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll holler at you later. Hey, man. Have a good one. you. You too, buddy. Bye. Thank you for listening to the My Fence Life podcast and a special shout out to our sponsors, Southwest Automated Security, our flagship sponsor and your one-stop shop for gate operators, access control and video surveillance. Expert Stain and Seal, realgoodstain.com. Job Nimbus, the best contractor software this side of the Mississippi. Rachel with My Salesman, the lead qualifying software. No, before you go. D&D Technologies, the world's largest and most trusted gate hardware manufacturer and home of the industrial metal Shut It Badass Hinge. And Benji with CleverFox.online, helping businesses digitally outfox the competition. We invite you to leave us a review. Your five-star ratings and reviews help spread the word to others in our industry. You can connect with Dan and Cannon on Instagram and Facebook at My Fence Life. The concepts and methods discussed are just the perspective of Dan, Cannon, and their guests. We hope these ideas inspire you to go out there and crush it in your own business. I'm Mr. Producer, reminding you to click follow on your podcast app to receive notifications of future episodes of My Fence Life. Thank you.